0: Listener production. Yes, a big hello and welcome to the Jock and Journo podcast. It is Jay Clark and Scotty Pendlebury here and we are joined by, well, not only journalistic royalty, he's football royalty. royalty. Let's be honest, a man who has dominated the scene. Like, I think you've got a lot of trophies and awards, more to sink the ship. You might be out-trophied by this guy, (laughs) because he's done it at the top of the caper for 50 years, he was the chief footy writer at the Herald Sun, at the Age, also the press boss at the AFL uh, for a while, he knows everyone in the game, and everyone he's met, I reckon, not only respects him, admires him, but loves him,
1: it's the godfather of AFL journalism, Mike Sheehan, how are you? That sort of intro, hello Jay, hi Scotty, Hello, mate. and in fact that's not true, Plenty of people that would say they don't love and admire me. Is that right? Mm. Well, Who? Dakes was one for a long time.
2: Peter. Yeah. Did
1: Why? he?
2: Something must have happened. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I never get to dig into Journal's life, so, but I, I'm fascinated by where we'll go today. And I still see Mike mm. Friday mornings every now and again, mm. Albert Park, coffee shop. Mm. Who with? Well, I don't know. There's a little crew yes, every do. week. There's, I, <laughs> from the distance I see there, it looks like Gubby Allen. Correct. Sauce every now and again. Yeah. Jeff Walsh. Correct. Uh, Scotty Clayton. Mm-hmm. Who else is there? It's you're a really well. random. Hey, hey. It's a <laughs> really random crew. Gray head Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Rocket, Ead. Rocket Oh, Rocket Eid. skellywag yeah.
1: Stephen Goff from the MCC. Mm. What a no. crew. And we have a couple of guest appearances, so Dennis Gallimberti has turned up for the last couple. Is that right? Mm. So who's got the biggest
0: personality or ego out of that lot, do you think? All of them, mate. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bob of the head in the finish. Mate, there's so much to get to, and we are so privileged to have you here, Mike. But how do you, this is a nub of it for me, how do you negotiate every major conflict and every tricky story, every 40 years or more in the AFL, yet come out with... With friends like that, like that is told to me to be the greatest art, the greatest skill in journalism, and I reckon you did it better than anyone else. Your network circle
1: grew and grew and grew despite the challenges of the job. How did you do it? Yeah, but that's and I appreciate sure that's flattering, Jay. But um, look, I didn't have a good, I don't have a good relationship with Mickey Malthouse, and haven't had for a long time. Um, I mean it's a big queue, but I'm in it. And <laughs> um, Parko's another one that I – we're we're mates – we're friendly now, but mm-hmm. we weren't for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I've had plenty of clashes with uh, – mm-hmm. and you know you know me well enough and I'm quite opinionated. And, yes. And probably, as Clarkson calls me, precious, <laughs> so I can overreact a bit. You're not on your own in that
0: sensitive um, journal yeah, group. That's Actually, it's funny. We,
1: world. Well, I saw Clarko six weeks ago, I reckon. Yeah. Um, he he invited Jeff Slattery and I to go down and have a talk to him. At, he lives on the national, yeah, the national golf club, and he said we'd call by and just have a chat. And this was, you know, he hadn't been seen in public, hadn't been doing much. Mm-hmm. And I thought this would be tense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what he wanted, but he just wanted to run up through. anyway. So we opens the door. He says, "Good day, Slats. Good day, Precious. <laughs> 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 well, he's back." <laughs> yeah, there you go. So we had a uh, couple of hours there talking to him then.
0: Was he? Did he feel well at that point? You yeah, talking?
1: he was. He turned the corner then. Yeah, I like Clarko. I've had blues with him too, mm-hmm. um, but I like him. He's feisty, and mm. you yeah, know, well, you know what he's like. But you get what you see with him. So this is it, Scott. This is the great thing with Mike Sheen. He is giving Alistair
0: Clarkson advice, aren't you? <laughs> he's coming to you and saying, "Mate, oh. things have been a bit testy. I've abused this poor journalist from Channel Nine. What do I need to do?" Is that, a, that no? A no.
1: Of, it, no. It was broader than that. It was about. Where he was in the world, because right. you know he, I think he Life. was in a dark place um, mm. three months ago, mm. uh, and he, I know he's a friend of Jeff Slattery's, and and we had a good relationship, and then there was a moment where it wasn't so good. Mm. I remember I forget he came. I, I was on the couch, um, and I had I'd been to lunch, which was I broke my golden rule: oh, never go to lunch on the day that you're going to appear on television. They so had had a couple. I had. Four, two couples I'd had. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I said, I'd heard a whisper from a very, very good source that Mm. Clarko would go to West Coast. This Mm. was when Simo got the job. Mm. And I just pushed it a bit further than I should have (laughs) and uh, sort of said that I was confident that he'd be coaching the West Coast the following year. I remember this. And then they won the flag, Mm. Hawthorne, Mm -hmm. and he came in on the following Monday. Jeez, did he rip me. Mm-hmm. Which is fair enough, um, Pedals. This will surprise you, but I've got a few wrong over the journey.
2: <laughs> I know that Mike, you wrote me off when I was, 20, <laughs> when I was twenty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though because it filters. I'm not a big football reader of newspapers and stuff like that, so I don't. You don't hear it, but it always gets back to you, like you know, dad or mum or whatever. Oh, you see, Mike Sheen said you're a B grader and mm. whatever. Don't say comes, that. Yeah, I th- maybe you gave me a B B+. Was it? Oh, hope I so. Know, yeah. <laughs> I've heard you apologize ten different yeah, times for yeah, so that, Mike. I mean, it, it, it always does get back, and it always cuts those around. Because like, when you're playing, like I don't, there's opinions always about how you're going, and that's just the nature of the beast. So I've mm. never, I don't take anything personal. I always like to rub Mike up whenever I see him and remind him, just so he doesn't <laughs> forget. But it always does. It always comes back and filters back, and it affects. You know, Mum and Dad would, oh, I can't believe this. And it's like, well, I'm playing this weekend. Does it really matter? Like, yeah. Stuff mm. like that. But yeah. yeah
1: the... So you genuinely are saying to me, and I take this at face value. I'm just, this is for confirmation, that players generally don't read the media?
2: I would say 50%, or now I would say 75% of players wouldn't read the Herald Sun, the Age. They, everyone consumes on social media now. So they would see little snippets on Twitter or X, Instagram, but they, don't, they wouldn't sit down and read an article these days. How many check their stats? Oh, now it would be 100% of guys one of the first things. That's the thing I hate the most about football at the moment is we're so stats-based and everyone mm, worries about mm. their numbers and we judge people at the end of a game. You almost don't even watch the game. They'll go, oh, he must have played well. He had 34. Yeah. We don't worry about impact anymore. No, I Who's agree with you about stuff?
1: that. And 10 minutes later, people like us who watch it have got no idea what the stats said. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll sit there and listen. I want people to say, I mean, even if they get it wrong, to talk about how well a bloke played mm-hmm. or where he's at in his career or where he should play, stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I, I always, like if you watched a game without stats, then you, you have a different view of who played well without yes. having to look at it. If you have to look at stats all the time to confirm yeah. something, I think you're not actually sitting there watching the game. You're too focused about the numbers and the analytics of it. They'll yeah. tell you a story after the fact. And anyone can break a game down two or three days later, oh, Collingwood were poor in this area or yeah. West Coast were really good in this area, but live, your eyes always tell you the right story, I reckon. I agree
1: with that. And, and, and what does it mean when they'll say, you won't believe this, they lost contested ball, mm. uh, they lost inside 50s, uh, all that sort of stuff, and they won the game of footy?
2: Mm. Yeah, because the biggest stat in football that still matters the most is goal kicking. The two things. Good boy. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, and did it you, does
1: yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah,
2: yeah. And for a bloke
0: who, uh, and and I'm I'm probably your biggest fan, Scott. For a bloke who hasn't missed a target field kicking since about 1974, your set shot kicking something that is
1: that.
2: I'm the like Shaquille O'Neal with that. I make him when they count. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I,
1: I didn't think. He, I think he's reliable in front of goal. On but he's run, not super hit. on the run. Yeah, yeah. yes. On the back set you shot, uh-huh. isn't it? For, now you explain. Let me ask you this question. Go for it. That's your concession, and I accept that, and I agree with it. The only flaw in the best player in the competition, in my view, Marcus Bonapalli, is his set shot kicking. Mm. Yet yeah. on the run, like Beautiful. you, yeah, yeah, superb. Why yeah. is that? Why is that? Because it's well, the little bloke in your head, isn't nah,
2: it? No, I don't. I don't have like the little guy in my head when I'm set. I just find like when I'm on the run. You don't have time. Like, so I'm like, bang, you kick it flat and it just goes straight through. For some reason, when you're on that set shot, it's like a walk. It's such a different routine that you only do a few times and you've got to kick over hands and you kick higher. So for some reason, for me, to try and always get the extra distance, not a big kick, I always lean back. And Like, mm. I've watched the tape more than anyone. Mm. But when I'm kicking, like, field kick or on the run, mm. like, I'm, my head's down, I mm. stay down, I stay compact, I stay over it. Like, Gary Albert Jr. was someone that I used yes. to watch all mm. the time. Mm like so low, you'd always jump off his plant leg and the momentum just takes it through. It's almost like I'm just putting it when I'm on the yeah. run. Just mm. tap it, it'll you, go just, through. Set shot. <clears throat> mm. I'm so confident. <laughs> For all
1: the discussion about goal kicking, yes. and it should be discussed, but yeah. that's the first time I've heard someone talk about the bloke's arms on the mark. Mm. And it just does change your trajectory, doesn't it? Oh, mm.
2: absolutely. You've got to kick. So when you're having a field kick, think about how high the ball goes in the first 10 metres. Mm. Like it's coming off your foot, it goes flat and then yep. it ends up at target. Set shot, your ball's got to be, what, say, say Mason Cox on the mark through 10. Yeah. It's got to be probably three and a half metres high straight away. It's a it's different, different kick. kick. So you're yeah. kicking up and forward straight away. It's a mm. different type of kick and, mm-hmm. yeah, some, yeah, one that I've definitely struggled with and especially if I'm outside sort of 45, then I've got to try and turn the corner a little bit more and mm. yeah, it's harder. Try mm. and turn it into – everyone's like, we'll just turn into a kick on the run. <laughs> so we'll get rid of the bloke on the mark and I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, very good. Hey, um – Mike, you once said to me that that um, l- not writing a story is often more important than n- – not writing – the stories you don't write is often more important than the ones that you do. And so for a long period of time, you kept a lot of secrets mm-hmm. and waited and timing. So if someone – and I, I worked out – front of your office for about, I don't know, five years. And just picture this for a second. Mike would be in his office, which is football stuff everywhere, and like one after one, these are the people who would call you, and I hope you don't mind if I'm breaking any confidences here. I don't think I am. You'd be having Andrew Demetrio, or it'd be um, John Longmire, or it'd be Paul Ruse. It was a constant cavalcade of the thirty most important people would call you one after the other, and you had their confidence and the and the hotline. <coughs> I'd be sitting out the front waiting three days for a call from Orazio Fantasia
1: in his second yeah, but year. Yeah, you were about seventeen then. It was embarrassing. The biggest story that I got out of Melbourne was when um, Peter Moore and, and uh, Calvin Templeton mm. were both sold at the end of a season, right? They are both captains of their club, mm. Moore and Templeton, and both Brownlow medalists, and Melbourne bought both of them over the summer, and I wrote that story. And I sat on that for quite a while, and one of the reasons was I, I thought, this is impossible. This just couldn't happen. Mm. Um, and then the Herald, the, the, remember the Afternoon Herald, yep. finally ran it across the front page, yep. um, and they were sold for a million bucks. Wow. And we're talking early 80s here.
2: Mm. So how did that transfer period work back then? So what do you mean, when you say sold... So what? So Melbourne paid Collingwood yep. for Peter Moore.
1: Yeah, yeah. and yeah, the Bulldogs. Right. Mm, they yeah. both went there in the same uh, off season. It's amazing. And you you imagine that now, like oh. when you were captain of Collingwood yeah, and yeah. whoever was captain of the yeah. Bulldogs at the time. But
2: AFL still struggles with free agency. Mm, true. Yeah. It's, it's not free agency either. It's called. It should be called compensation agency.
1: Yeah. 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 That coaching story mm. that is most vivid in my mind was mm. I rang Ron Joseph one morning and mm. said, Ron, I believe that you are sacking Malcolm mm. Blight today. And I knew Ronnie well, and he said, no, 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 that's not, that's not right. Mm. Um, I said, I've got it on good authority, Ronnie. Yeah. No, well, I'm telling you, it's not right. Uh, two hours it? later, North Melbourne called a press conference mm. to sack Malcolm Blight. What was the feeling in your stomach? You mentioned, well, you know me well enough to know what the feeling was like. <laughs> so I went to the press conference, <laughs> and, and just seething, which is, I suppose, you, you almost have to say it's water under the bridge mm. and get on with it. But I was filthy on that. But then they said, "Well, that's just serving your own interests. Our interests are the North Melbourne Football Club, and yours are your newspaper." Mm. But I didn't like it when people blatantly lied. Mm. You know, I thought if they could.
2: So what's the, what's the alternative? Because I'm from club, I'm Clubland, so I would say that's just them protecting their Interest. interests mm-hmm. and not wanting to get out. Yeah. So, so what, what should Scotty do? Yeah. What should they do? What What do they get out of telling you that you're right?
1: No, they don't get anything, but but it's a trust thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I feel that goes both ways yeah, because yeah. then there'll be
0: another occasion where they will, they might ask a favour, mm. and you might do the right yeah, thing yeah. by them, and that's what
2: over thirty years you come out. We well, just get drummed you know, sort of drummed yep. into us from the start. And I'm not, I'm not here, nor there, but like just always protect the club at all costs. And I've, I don't like when you have to pretty much lie or oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Is there? Yeah, you know, 2017 is Bucks under pressure, and it's mm-hmm. like. Clearly, he's under pressure. Oh, no, mm. he's doing a great job. And, well, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> Jesus, like I'm going yeah. to board meetings and all stuff. Like, this. oh, yeah. And then, yeah, and you guys are all over it. But yeah, it's sort of fascinating. Is like, now you can't how that win sits. out of that, can you? Because if you say, no, no, I feel like I'm just sitting there like a sitting duck.
1: Yeah. Mm. But I think if you ask some, if you put a proposition to someone in authority at that football club, I don't think they should lie to you. Yeah. So
2: had they said yes, you're right. Then what what happens from there, from your point of view?
1: Well, I would have written it mm. that morning, and the story would have been out before the press conference. Mm. Okay,
2: and then they would have been unhappy.
1: But but lots of stories come out that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And it's going to yeah, happen yeah. anyway. No, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. I'm here yeah. nor there, yeah. but it's just funny from both sides of where where it lies, the interest lies. Yeah,
1: and so, I know, yeah. and we, I think we do, Jay. You, uh, the industry that we we're in, I think we um, take the moral high ground. Mm-hmm. in the situation that I just talked about, mm-hmm. but we're not as uh, careful, we don't care as much from the, the club perspective, if that no, makes sense.
0: No, but if a story's going to happen, then as long as you're fair and accurate, I think they're the only two things you can um, ask for, mm-hmm. right? So, and, and your accuracy over 40, 50 years was extraordinary and that's what that's what builds your reputation, isn't well, it?
1: there was another one that was closer to you, I reckon, it was Brendan Gale... And he was either going to or coming from the Players Association, and I rang him, and he he denied it, mm. and it happened in the next twenty four hours, and I got shitty about yeah. that, mm. and and I'm, that's why yeah. I mean I own up to the precious nickname. Yeah. I do get, yeah. I do take it personally, yeah. and, and get wounded for yeah. a period. And am Brendan, and I are good friends, but yeah. I don't know, and I think he said your line to me. Well, what 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 am I going to say? Mm. He said I've got my constituents to look after. A footy club and wherever I'm going next. Mm. Um, so I owe it to them more than I owe it to you. It's
2: a fair point. From my shoes that's a yeah. fair point. Yeah. What was yeah.
0: it like um Mick, back in the 70s probably 80s before media departments before media bosses a game would finish you'd walk in the locker room go up to Johnny Platton and say Johnny mm. how about a chat or Gary Abbott saying yep. how did can you tell us how that cause this is very different now I got to request an interview yeah, yeah. sometimes you got to <laughs> wait days for it to be approved how did it work back in the day Player would play, then you'd go and chat. To well, you're exactly
1: room. right. We would go into the rooms after the game mm. and mix, mingle, and talk to whoever we wanted to. I don't think you had to ask anyone if you could. um
2: you about, to play.
1: Yeah, you just talked to them. We had yeah. coach. Well, we've still got coaches' numbers, but the numbers of players. If I, if you, uh, w- there was a story that involved you in those days, I would have just rung you up, said, Scotty, um, blah blah. This is the story. Is it right? Is your yeah. leg broken?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I like that idea. I. I said to you before, I struggle with how protected everyone is because everyone knows everything anyway. Mm. Yes. Like our footy, our footy industry is pretty incestuous. Like everyone knows everyone and stories mm. story As you said, it's a matter of hours before people find yeah. out, but the mm. club want to do it to protect their brand, the sponsors. They want to mm. frame the messaging in the right way. But yeah, I love the fact that you could just walk in and sit down and challenge well,
1: I would have said to Jay and to Mark Robinson and to all the young <laughs> blokes, well, who, the blokes who were young when I was there, you never, never ring anyone. Uh, and ask them a question you don't know the answer to. So if I ring you, mm, yeah, I know was, the answer to the question. I, just I know need... your leg's broken. <laughs> yeah,
0: just, con- <laughs> just confirmation. I just yeah, need yeah. a
1: comment from you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Was that yeah. Your, what was your favourite era or time in your career? Because the footy changed mm-hmm. obviously over a long period of time, and the media sort of departments and things changed. Do you do you think back on a time of your career or on a time in the game which you enjoyed the most?
1: Probably. Um, Probably the seventies and the eighties, because I was emerging. Even I was young once, yeah. <laughs> um, and just growing into it. And and I mean, I love football, right? So I would meet these folks who were my heroes, um, and just mingle with them. And th- I, I did talk footy. Yeah, I did, and I love doing that. Even now, I can see, I, I'll see. There was an interesting story about Christian Petraco. I loved him from when he was a kid, mm. right? A kid, in terms of AFL, when he just arrived on the scene. So we're at, um, my daughter Kate works at, was playing at Collingwood in the yeah. women's comp. Mm-hmm. And I was in the back of the car and Kate goes, there goes Christian Petraka. Mm. And I, I don't even know how I did this. I just wound the window down and said, hey, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> and he came over the car and I thought... What am I going to say to this kid? <laughs> I'm 50 years older than him. But i ha- that's that sort of hero worship that yeah. that I still have. I mean, I love how good these blokes are mm-hmm. and, and mixing and talking footy with them. Look, And I'm looking at you when I say that.
2: Mm-hmm. Notice that. Not looking at Jay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but the great
1: players. I mean, Wayne Carey, he was the best player that I've ever seen. Mm. Um, and I think in a way I deliberately didn't get close to Wayne yeah. because I wanted – yeah, the Don Bradman up there, mm-hmm. just as the hero. Mm-hmm.
2: What do they? They famously say, "Don't meet your heroes." Yes. They say that. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I met Manny Pacquiao once, boxer from the yeah. Philippines. He was, my, he was unbelievable, better than I expected. Yeah? So that was sort of a myth now. Mm. Don't meet your heroes because
1: he was my hero. And he was yeah, well, a lethal lethal was not saying he was a hero of mine because I was critical of the way he played, but the I aggressiveness. I um, wrote his first book mm. at his request mm. and got close to him then, but. Um, you know, you before great that, mates. Yeah, we are. Mm. Yeah. And I enjoy his company. Um, he's come to a couple of the Friday coffees. I think. You, yeah. yeah. you need an invitation, mate. I'll, yeah, I'll get well, you. Well, <laughs> Nick
2: Spartales. You still see Nick? Yeah. yeah. The
1: bloke who built your well, ten I've, houses. No, he built
2: your house. <laughs> he did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I had to pay, I sh- I I had did, pay do, for mine. <laughs> do, you know that, do you know I worked on your house? Um, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was doing a bit of work experience with Nick. So your second story, I shot that in.
1: You're responsible for that,
2: yeah. <laughs> That's me. So any cracks, any cracks there. Manny Maguire did some work there too. Yeah, absolutely. We all did. We all sort of practised on your place. Oh, my, they <laughs> learned, there was an apprenticeship going up on the top apprenticeship floor. Apprenticeship program. <laughs>
0: the amazing thing, one of the many amazing things about you, Mike, your Monday piece, that was legendary, wasn't it? So you would pick up the paper on a Monday morning and um, you would cover the Sunday games, you had that one-page one, one page sort of thing separated into two bits. I would look at the back page and then I would go straight to that. What I loved about it, Mike, is how simply you, you wrote and, and how um, it always got to the nub of the big issue, whether it was Carlton's forward line or, I don't know, um, Carlton's back line or the coach circus or whatever. You're always able to get to the centre of every football story and to do it so swiftly, right? Short sentences, bang, straight into it. And it became, I, it became religious reading for Melbourne's football community. You know, do you sit back? How do you reflect back on that and think? Well, you were you were the, you were the the big word on a Monday morning out of but the weekend. Like, I
1: suppose you asked Scotty about his playing games of footy. I mean, that, that's just what we do. But I did I did genuinely love the Monday uh, page because it was pure footy.
0: Yeah,
1: it was about the implications of the weekend's results and you know who was playing well and who wasn't, and who might win the flag, and all that jazz. You know, and it was pure footy, and that's always been. My priority. Mm. I mean, Caroline, What do you mean? You don't like the soap opera? Don't, well, I, well the I, politics. I just always say this when I speak, with, even with Caroline Wilson in the audience and certainly a, about her, she's an excellent journo in my view, mm. but she is much more interested in what happens in the boardroom mm. than inside the fence, and I'm the opposite. Mm. And that doesn't say one's right and one's not because what happens in the boardroom has huge implications for the game. Mm. Uh, but I love the purity of, of the game of footy. Mm. Does that make sense? Of course Absolutely, it does. It does.
2: Yeah. Have you ever been asked to do like a coach search or, you know what they do, like a coach committee or anything like that? <laughs> I feel like with the wealth of knowledge that you've spoken about, passion for the game, how well you understand it, it you'd a have a really good handle on what would make a successful club or coach. Have you ever sat on a committee or been approached to do that?
1: I've sat on um, Halls of Fame committees. Like oh, yeah. selection committees for yeah. The, yeah. The, those clubs, sort the fame, but and you you've actually hit a nerve there. I mean, I I sometimes think I don't go looking for it. But I sometimes think I'm surprised that more people haven't sort of said, "Can we have a talk to you about A, B, C, and D?" Mm. And particularly um, about how to handle the media. Mm. I've never been asked once by a club to talk to their players yeah, right. about how to handle the media, and yet. Um, Monash University. Mm. Remember Ju- Julie Tulberg? Yep. Yeah, she has me um, at least once, and s- often twice a year to talk to her journalism students. So, what would you say to the players of the clubs about modern media or telling stories? Well, their well story? I, I, I echo what Scotty said before. I mean, if someone asks you a question, mm. give them an answer. I mean, the Daycost boys are good at it. They yeah, good.
2: yeah, mm. uh,
1: it, they they get a question, they answer it. They don't just sort of that, those cliches that. Um, Mm. Uh, that you get and just turn you off. I mean, mm. so on, sometimes on Friday nights or any any night, if if a player gives the typical response, well, I just move on. Yep. That'll, be, that'll do me. Yeah, I've found
2: be. with my media now, I'll say to our media team sometimes, don't give me any brief because it's too boring for me. I want to be just challenged a little bit when I walk in. Yeah. Otherwise, mm. it's just, yeah, one week at a time. Oh, I'm yeah, really looking no. forward to Thursday night. <sighs> yeah. like, it's like, yeah. let me just see where it goes and let me just like, be, try to be caught off guard by something. Yeah, but yeah, you're you're a, so, you want to be challenged. Yeah, yeah. You're A
1: 35 year old man who's yeah. negotiated 600 games, yeah. I mean, surely they're entitled <laughs> to have their faith in you. Yeah. And I'm surprised about how, and I don't think uh, football clubs take much notice of the media people anyway, Great. because some of the responses just amaze me. Yes, and the disrespect. Well, times. if you brief it, you should be able to say to someone, not you, but say if Darcy Moore, if there's a controversy at Collingwood, and now that he's captain, They'll ask you about this, Now you answer it the way you want, but be mindful of A, B, C, and yeah. D. That's all.
2: Yeah, which I'll shout out Nadine and Tash at our club. They do, they're they amazing at that now. Like, they're just giving us the freedom within – they give us a framework. Yep. And then there's a few things, like let's not touch on these points, but the rest of it, be you, be yeah. authentic, and the Dacos boys do it well. Darcy Moore does it well. But back to what I said before. I'm fascinated that even after 20 minutes of just chatting here that I reckon if you're putting a coach committee together, like you would know what makes in your history a successful club. Well,
1: I reckon I would, but but it's just staggering the clubs that you obviously know, haven't been
2: don't. tapped into. Mm. I don't. I, just sitting here, it's so obvious that you'd be a guy that I'd want on that committee. Well, being thanks,
1: Scotty, but you know, the it's not mean, a
2: coach. When you employ a coach, you're not just asking for a coach. You need it. you not the board. Like you would have a really good understanding how the board works, the media, the mm-hmm. coach. What it needs to be successful. The relationships, and I it?
1: know the blo- I know the people involved.
2: Absolutely. Like mm. say
1: if Adam Kingsley's name came up, mm. I said, "Well, I'll give you a word picture of Adam Kingsley." Yeah. And, yeah. I, and, and, and Kingsley's very impressive. Yeah. I mean, of course he's impressive because we know how well GWS are going. But he's an impressive individual, you know, don't you? Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, I'm loving every second of this. There's going to be more of Mike Shane and Scott Pindallbry on the Jock and Jono Show in one moment. Welcome back to the Jock and Journo Show. It's Jay Clark, Mike Shan, the great Mike Shane, of course, and Scotty Pendlebury. Lots to discuss. So you mentioned before some of your biggest stories. Do you have one, Mike, that stands out as one of your most difficult or tricky or one? Is any, any of them still give you a heartburn in that yeah. sense? Or?
1: This, yeah, I think this is more a, a symbol of what I'm talking about. Yeah. I remember Bobby Rose, who you know his history at Collingwood, mm. Um, I got close to Bobby when he was coaching Footscray, mm. um, and genuinely enjoyed his company. And would stay back after the game and would have beers have and a beer. a, yep. yeah, all that, all yep. that sort of stuff. Yep. And I didn't, didn't. I failed to ring him when I knew that he was going to get the flick. Mm. Um, and to my eternal regret, you know, I, I owed him that, and, and and I didn't do it. And that's where the story won. But it should sometimes – you know what it's like. We're, we're, mm. I'm talking to Jay now. The, 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 the boundary between when they're acquaintances mm. and friends mm. and how much you owe mm. uh,
0: So them how that- did you do that for such a long period of time? That's, that, that's what I, I just um, take my hat off to you because by the end of your um, magnificent career, Mike, you had so many um, friends and people who you would see all the time and had so much respect for you. What then happened when the story became about that person
1: – yeah, that's, that's difficult. And even um, some of those people who I have coffee with, Scott, mm. <laughs> uh, I've had situations with them where they've sort of, they said, no, you can't write that. Yeah, they'd say, Mike, leave that alone. Yeah. That happens a lot. My view is if, if we find out about it independently, we're free to, to pursue it. Job's on. He's got to placate them for a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah, and there'll be some fallout. Yeah. But generally, if you're fair mm. and you give them the right of reply, I think that they'll get over it. So I'll say, well, I'm not sure what else you could have done because what we do, what Jay and I do, uh, it sounds so simple, but w- people need a reminder occasionally. That's what we, we're in that business. We're in the business of breaking news. Yeah. That's why we're employed.
2: Yeah, absolutely. How does it go now for you, Jay, with social media? Mm. It's like how quickly something can happen. Like you don't have – Nothing holds. Do you sort of, as Mike's saying, do you make the phone call, vet the story or no time for that? Oh, anymore? no, you always check. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. everyone. Do does everyone check? Or is there people out there who don't check or? Yeah, yeah there are. Yeah, so people out there just go bang, <laughs> mm-hmm. just nearest to the
0: pin. I, I don't, <laughs> I can't. Uh, yeah. Do you know what? You make that mistake and then you find out. Yeah, yeah. Like, for example, I've, and I've said this story before, One of I wrote a story saying Jimmy Bartell feared he's broken his neck a collision against the Melbourne game because I spoke to some of his family. I said, yeah, guess what? He, he's broken his neck. can't believe it. I made the mistake of going without, but without checking it two or three times. And the next morning I was completely embarrassed by the fact that he didn't have a broken neck, the clubs, he's fine. So in that – but you go, well, hang on, if that's his such and such, how can that not be true? But yeah. that's the thing. Even when you get it from a direct source, I've, I learn a lesson that you got to ch- try and – got to check it two or three times just to absolutely make sure because sometimes um, – Then you won't be be
2: first. As a player's point of view, we always think there's a race to be first. You want to be first, but it's not
0: not above. It's not at the at the um, for the sake of the accuracy. You know, you would need to be accurate first, and then you get it up as quick as you can. Scotty's,
1: you've been very good at this. Mm -hmm. Now you've touched on a lot of things that are sensitive to us. But when I talk to the journalism students, Mm -hmm. one of my I call them commandments um, is: if in doubt, leave it out. But we don't practice that. I've oh, written so, many yeah. stories and thought, of those, "Geez, I hope this is right." I'm rolling no, the no, dice. Don't, here. I'm not, yeah, yeah. I don't want that to sound like we just no, pick something no, out no. of the air. Yeah, yeah. But you sort of think, "Look, the source is pretty reliable, and yeah. the circumstances look like they support the the the, the story." Everyone's but, got but but decision making. You, you take
2: a risk. Yeah, that's yeah. like when we play. You you roll the dice half the time on what you're seeing, and then you've got to just go bang. You don't have time to sit there and. It's so like when you analyse a game, you can press pause and be like, what are you thinking? Mm. It's like in real time you don't have a Correct. pause button. You've yeah. just got to go on your instincts. Mm.
1: Well, I was working for the Sunday Asian when Port Adelaide were coming into the competition. Yeah. This is not all about me, right? Yes, it is. Oh, no, well, it is. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. I you story the AFL about... Media <laughs> Centre named after <laughs> He you, does, so it is it me, I you. broke the uh, story about Port Adelaide coming into the competition. Well done. the Sunday Age. Yeah. And I was having a dinner party, a single person having a dinner party on a Saturday night and finishing this story. I've got four kids having a dinner party and writing this front page lead for the Sunday Age. You got a bit on. And I thought, I couldn't wait to wake up. Sunday morning, and find that it was right, but there was, there's some doubt about it. But mm. that's, is that an acceptable risk? Is your point yeah, is, yeah. if you don't take any risks, yeah. you never get a story.
2: Yeah, you'll be lost. Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah, but, but
0: you can, having got one wrong, when you get them wrong, you hit the floor hard. Yeah, you do It's it's a horrific feeling Like it's not You don't brush that off Yeah yeah. That's it The Jimmy Bartel one Sits with me forever That was 20 years ago I still feel I I still wake up In the middle of the night And think about it
1: And that's good That you do that But which is Juno's We're pretty bitchy I mean we love (laughs) it When someone else stuffs up Like Eddie had Adam Simpson sacked Right Mm. Six weeks ago Gone Yeah. Yeah Three weeks later Look, he's gone <laughs> unless there's yeah, some late yeah. development. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, then and then Simo confirmed. <laughs> yeah. Now, Eddie would argue his way out of that because he yeah. can; he's mm. a past master of that. But he stuffed it up. Yeah. He got it wrong. Yeah, which yeah. happens. We were talking about the succession plan. You see, you mentioned Mick Moldhouse
0: before and things being strained. You're yeah. not the only one there. We're talking about this succession plan and the egos at play and how difficult um, that was for everyone. And I think, we, you know, I think we decided. Nathan spoke about it. And we thought, well, if maybe in hindsight – Mick should have just been able to coach Coach, on, is what we sort of talked about in the end. But how was that experience for you?
1: And is that why things are difficult with Mickey? No, no, no. Um, Or was that before then? No, I think, no. I'd had some clashes with Mick. I mean, I'm not telling either of you anything new, but he's a pretty domineering character. Did you
0: find him as intimidating as I did?
1: Um, I certainly had plenty of blues with him. And he said some... What I would have thought were nasty things yeah. to me, and but he would count it by saying I wrote some nasty things about him. But mm-hmm. we were quite close, I helped him get the job at Footscray. Is that right? And this is about me, isn't it? <laughs> <It's
2: absolutely laughs> <about you>. yeah. <laughs>
1: um, because Shane O'Sullivan's a very good friend of mine, he was at the Bulldogs at the time, mm-hmm. and be- and he's become a very good friend of Mix. And um, when they were wondering whether to pursue Mick as a coach because he was so young and so fresh. Mm. Uh, I was at Bill Cannon's wedding mm-hmm. and Alan Jeans was there mm-hmm. and we were talking about this stuff and I said, look, I think um, they should go with Malthouse. Mm-hmm. He said, well, you should write it. Because mm-hmm. Jeans, he said, if that's what your view is, and mm-hmm. Jeans he agreed with it. He said, yeah. um, write it. So I wrote it in the Herald, so I said they should take the risk. Mm-hmm. Now, that's only that much. It's only a little bit. But it helps people make a decision because yeah. they can sort of say someone independent believes yeah. that that's the way we should yeah. go. So you have and a
0: point of the coach yeah. talking well, about. Well, yeah,
1: yeah. he got he, well, he got the job. Yeah, not on the back of that, but a I a think those things help. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, the media controls the narrative to a certain yeah, they point. do. Yeah, yeah. So that all that stuff helps. Mm. Yeah, but from a player who played under Mick, like we used to laugh so much at some of the battles he had with the media, like. You'd see, he'd you see a get... snippet and he'd fire up the question you asked that time. Come to play. Did, did Jay asked Mick, did the boys come to play? <laughs> or, um, just You could see Mick just steaming out the ears. What does, what does come to play mean? I what would have said to Jay, yeah. The... When
1: you're going, yeah. When you are going to leave the press box, Jay, we'll what are you going to ask Mick? And I said, no, don't ask <laughs> him. <laughs> don't ask that mate. Hey, I,
0: was bit wet. I just <laughs> yeah, got out but, of the Scotty,
1: yeah. Mick, um, my son Tony was involved in the media for a period mm. uh, and Mick just... Shredded him one day at a, at a media conference, mm-hmm. and I wasn't getting on with Mick at the time yeah, anyway, yeah. and I rang him, I said, Mick, this is a father-to-father conversation, Yeah. nothing to do with journo and coach, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, um, and I think he understood, that, I think he accepted that, mm-hmm. and we had this chat, and I said, I didn't like the way that, that coaches collectively mm-hmm. just can uh, rip into, into, we're all human, yeah, well, well, everyone absolutely. has their, their feelings. How much? I oh, agree, Mick.
0: How how much joy does it give you now? I think I've seen you in the Sorrento Hotel before. About Friday, three o'clock, four o'clock, <laughs> the sun's starting to set. You'd be looking out the water, and um. Scott if you you know what happens when they sort of moth the flame sort of thing he walks into <laughs> the Sorrento <laughs> hotel and like everyone just comes to him or within 10 minutes he is flocked I'd be 12 people standing around him not just like footy fans because they will be there but they're 200 gamers 300 gamers brown low medalists that's the thing that's they the all of the that, man. and they just thought they
1: Juno like make stuff up mate no <laughs> that's not
0: true well you walk into a pub and this is the thing you must the friendships you have made out of the game like I get it You've written a bazillion amazing stories. If, if there was a shrine of all your great stories, I'd, you'd love to look at it. It'd be fascinating reading. But the people you've met and the friendships you've made, like the coffee in Albert Park, like mm. that that must give you so
1: much but I, that's me. That's my personality. I'm mm. an outgoing person and I like talking to people with common interests. So, And I, I enjoy the pub. Sometimes people with me don't enjoy that, the mm-hmm. fact that, um, everyone wants a piece. Well, uh-huh. yeah, and, and I, I'm quite happy talking to to people who want to, you know, want a quick pick or say hello or something. Mm. I'm quite happy with that, mm-hmm. but not everyone is. You know, I should be more like Dunstall. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's your relationship with like with the game now? So you would have watched it all, you lived it, you breathed it for 40 years of your life. What's it? What's it like now?
1: I tell you how strong it is. I watched all of Collingwood, Neston the other night, mm-hmm. and I don't break for either. That was torture, but I, but I still find myself. back for Melbourne? Melbourne. Oh. But I still find myself sitting there,
2: yeah,
1: and watching the whole lot. Now I should yeah. have gone to bed a quarter time, mm. but it does. It's mesmerising for me mm. just to sort of watch it and see how it's going to unfold and who's playing well and all that stuff. So I love the game. I must say, I'm comfortable in front of the telly. I think the telly experience is very good. I mean, you, you right. see a lot more. On the telly Than you do at the footy mm. I can't work out Every time I go to the footy They always play On the other wing
2: I don't know what they're <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like I that whenever I, go to, whenever I go to live sport I always feel like I'm better off Being at home Yep Because you can just see it You can hear it They talk to it Yeah
0: um, and you know, I thought, I'm the same I think the commentary Always gets spoken down I love JBBT I think they do An incredible yeah. job All the Daisy Pearce All the analysts I think I think they do an incredible job of showcasing the game. But you love it just as much. You, the players, any stand out? Who would you be wearing on your back at the minute?
1: Uh, I'm they? a massive Bonham Pally fan. Yeah. Um, and, look, it's hard to separate the guns, isn't it? Because yep. there's not just one of them. Mm. I mean, there are a dozen. Mm. But right now, Bonham Pally, Toby Green, mm. Scott Pendlebury. Who wins it this year? Who wins the flag? Mm. Well, ever since... The 2016 grand final, when I thought Adelaide was certainties, was it that yeah, 16 the, or 17? Yeah, 17. 17. Yeah. <laughs> 17. yeah. Richmond. I remember on the Richmond. day of the game, the I thought states. Adelaide was certainties mm-hmm. and they get beaten. So now I sort of say, well, it's It's guesswork.
0: But it's you used new season. To, you used to write the piece on the Friday, before, the day before every grand final, yeah. and you would do the who would win and why. And it was... Magical reading, every like you haven't lived the grand final experience till you read your piece the day before. Yeah. <laughs> Am I right? I Did you do that on the
2: key matchups the margin? You rated the players. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And that. the and yeah. you, the
0: big story, like what was going to unfold? How do they stop? Blah blah blah.
1: Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I just do remember the Adelaide um, Richmond game yeah. shook my faith in our ability <laughs> to think that we know what's going to happen. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think you're a better judge about what's going to happen? Yes, you in does. a game. <laughs> Um, than the bloke in the street. Not the bloke in the street, the regular in the outer. Do you think? You do? Yeah. So he might, if you had picked 10 games, if I gave you 10 games.
2: Would I tip him? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Comfortably. Why?
2: Well, I think I've got an understanding of form, how sides play. The difference, I think, with footy now is that sides play, there's a lot of different styles in the game. Seven or eight years ago, everyone sort of copied whoever was the premier. Whereas now there's... You know the Richmond way that they play, which we've modelled a little bit on, which mm. GWS have modelled a little bit on. Mm. Then there was the Adelaide way, mm. which Carlton have sort of got a bit of there. So I feel like I understand the trends of how sides want to play and then how matchups work on that. But I, I, there, I, there's often a lot of games though where I would say flip a coin on this one. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not confident on this game. Mm.
1: Well, why? Why does in the tips panels? Why does the next player? not
2: win it every year. I would say he probably doesn't give a whole heap of worry about it. Well,
1: you know, it's his, it's his ego. I mean, his name, his photo's there and his
2: numbers are there. Well, I think I was in it for a while and I didn't you didn't, care? didn't occupy my thought space. <laughs> no, no, honestly. no, but, you're, no, but <laughs> yeah. you're a player, though. Yeah. yeah, you're asking a player, though, you said. Player's yeah. ego. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Because no, say, um, uh, like the last round of the year, GWS Carlton. Mm. Everyone's like, oh, Carlton, if won 13 in a row, they're probably the favourites. Mm. To me, I was like, well, GWS have something to play for. Carlton don't have anything mm, really to play mm, for. Mm. That in itself is huge. But I would have liked to think that I'd be able to think of it. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But I just think, <laughs> so. but those games are the ones where you flip the coin and you're like, I'm not really yeah. sure. It's probably mm. what you're saying with the Adelaide-Richmond grand final. To me, I was like, this is going to be super close because Richmond's defence is unbelievable. Mm. And I don't know if Adelaide are going to be able to score much on this, but then I was, I was thinking it was going to be a close game. But then you're always forced to tip, aren't you? You've got to make a call. Cool. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. Sorry.
1: Can I, before you, yes. um, Girl, I don't want to this take up this up. So, yeah, I know that. You do whatever you want, well But I just want to say to you two, mm. if I reflect on what I've done, mm. the stuff I enjoyed most was um, open mic. That gave me the greatest satisfaction. Why was that? And the newspapers, radio and TV. Why was that? Well, because it was it was me. And I don't mean to make uh, this being selfish about it, but I picked this interview subject. I did the questions and I did the interviews. Mm. And it was very personal. It was personal. I mean, we talked to people about people who'd lost babies and, and, um, and partners and, Anthony uh, and all Stevens. those serious so – my, my view about that, that show was don't talk to them about kicks, marks and handballs. No. Talk to them about their life and, yeah. and, and, uh, and what it means. It gave you a lot of satisfaction. Oh, yeah, I did 234 of those shows. Have you got a favourite? <clears throat> and should have done a favourite. If you, no, I haven't. I mean, I know there's two or three that I thought were pretty ordinary, but I, th- I like to think there are, <coughs> there are 10 or 12 that were pretty good. It was appointment
2: viewing. You didn't miss open mic. Well, a lot of people did like it, I, but I yeah. loved doing it. I liked it. And I loved it. Because you found out more, <clears throat> as you are saying, than just like, <clears throat> oh, how did you find your season went this year? Yeah. How did you kick? You found out about the person. As a player watching it, I was always looking for little snippets of what they were doing off the field, can yeah. I steal this from them. Yes. Whatever it was, it's like education piece almost yeah. off the field because everyone knows what you can do on the field. Correct,
1: but I was doing, mm-hmm. I, I remember the Maddie Lloyd one, which I really liked. I oh, um, mean, him God. crying when he went when things went bad for him and going to see the priest about, you know, mm. just his, where his life was at. Mm-hmm. Um, and just that raw emotion that, that he did. And Peter Swab, I'll never forget Peter Swab, he lost his little girl to uh brain that. cancer. Yeah, and I said it was a pretty loose question, I should have. My time again, I would have framed it a bit better. But I said, "Do you feel cheated?" And 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 the look, he, the look he gave me, not angry, not angry with me, but angry with what had happened about mm. the pain of. Yeah. Can you imagine? Oh. You, do I feel cheated losing a six-year-old daughter? Yeah. You know, and I thought, and that um, I was probably intrusive, I reckon in yeah. in a lot of the the shows, probably might have gone. Some people would say too far, but I thought. People came on the show knowing that it was going to be yeah, yeah. pretty raw. You got the real story, though. I, I think so. I hope so. Mm. Um,
0: the one there was – I turned off one. I turned off you know, I turned it, Ma- the television – Mark
1: Jackson? Yeah. Everyone yeah. would say that to you.
0: It was so disrespectful, Mark.
1: Well, yeah, he was. He was. In fact, I'm a
0: bit surprised it went to air. I was uncomfortable well, with the fact that
1: it went to air. Fox didn't want to run it. This, You know what we are talking about? No. Well, no. I interviewed Mark Jackson – and he sort of verbally assaulted me for a, half an hour. Wished, Not, yeah, we're yeah, yeah. shocked. You he know, thought, he said, said no, he, I remember, the, you know, this is this precious one again. He's looking at me, was, we're as close as you and I are, and he said, you know, no one likes you. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, said, I said, well, I've had 230 people sit in that chair mm-hmm. before you. He said, but they don't like you. Um, And he was sort of, that, that was the tone of it. Yeah, yeah, so he already he, knew
2: what he was doing before he walked it's in. It's insulting.
1: He, he was, but. Probably the most watched though, was it? Um, in, a, in a sort of morbid sort of way. I think so. It certainly pro- the provoked the most discussion. And, and I, mean, I had um, text messages in the following two days from uh, Voss, Carey, mm. Dennis Banks, uh, oh, all the people yeah. of that ilk, right, um, which were quite supportive. But when I finished that show, I thought, I'm okay with how I performed. I mean, he shook me early, yeah, yeah. but then I, um, I think I stood up to him. And, and the point being about showing it, when we finished, because they see it on closed circuit at Fox, they said, we're not going to run that. Mm. Uh, I said, no, we've got to run it. You can't invite people on mm. and then sort of say, oh, if you don't say something we like, mm. well, we're not going to run it. Fair and point. I said, the only condition is that we f- show it in its entirety. Mm. And it went for 40 minutes and mm. we showed every minute of it. Mm. Just to your credit, Mark. Thanks, Jay. Just quickly, what do you think when you see Carlton on the big stage first time in a decade? No, I love it. I'm not a, I'm not a Carlton supporter, mm. but I love when Carlton and Collingwood and Richmond mm. are healthy, the mm. competition's better. What do you think when you see Esther miss the finals again?
2: He smiled. don't Doesn't,
1: doesn't I. <laughs> trouble me too much.
0: <laughs> yeah. Why haven't they been able to win a final in 20 years?
1: Well, I suppose those who should know sort of say it all comes from what the culture of the footy club's like. Is there something wrong with it? Well, clearly, mm. you can't have all the resources that they've had mm. uh, and their facilities, uh, and an even hand at the draft table mm. since the draft uh, since the drug scandal, and not make a better fist of it than they have. Best team you've ever seen, uh, Brisbane, mm. um, yeah, two thousand one to two thousand four. What better people forget about Brisbane, what better than the Hawks? Well, you can only pick one, Scott. Yeah, true. That's
2: the same. Um, the
1: Brisbane team probably should have won four. They they were beaten in the fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and the AFL did them no favours
2: yeah, with their, their lead into it, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a, short, a sh-
1: shorter break. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even though they were, yeah. Top so that was, yeah. I reckon, even the extra day mm. uh, might have made the difference. But geez, they were a good team. Yeah, they were awesome. Last one, Mike. Do you miss reporting? No. You
0: knew. Did you know? The day you were done, or did you? When yeah, did you know? I reckon I was twelve
1: months thinking, "Do I want to keep doing this?" And yeah. you know, if if you you'll you get to that point, yeah, yeah. you'll get there. Yeah, you? yeah,
2: Mick Moldaus always said, "As soon as you start thinking about it, yeah. it's when you should do it." Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Will this bloke break the AFL games record?
1: Well, it, and uh, look, I'm, this is not a suck up job, but uh, he's um, go on. Well, he's just playing such great footy. I mean, I, yeah. I've um, since I made that. Faux pas. Uh, I have probably watched you even more closely.
2: To justify
1: your uh, selection. What, <laughs>
2: what? <laughs> to justify your selection? No, 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 no. But no, I'm no, just no. no,
1: no I'm just uh, just. Um, I'm amazed how good you are. And, and I think he, Scotty and Luke Hodge, you know, left footers, smart, mm-hmm. playing, setting things up, great with their hands and their feet, um, decisions. I mean, and that's a pretty high. I mean, I think both of them would be happy to compare, be compared with the other.
0: Yeah at the top of his game for a long time. Now, Mike, this is the great thing about time with you, right? Or no, it's actually the shocking thing. Time flies. It feels like it goes so quickly. <laughs> and I feel like that 40 minutes or whatever it was, uh, we, Tommy we Dallard. To get
2: down to the Sorrento Hotel, don't we? I, Story time with Mike. I would
0: rather love three more hours of yeah, this stuff. Absolutely. And um, I find with people, you remember how they make you feel, Right. And, Mike, you have this unbelievable ability over your whole life to make f- people feel, when you're talking like this, talking about football, uh, wonderful, mate. So um, I've always enjoyed your company.
1: You know I love talking footy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I know your show's good. I, I hear it often enough to know that it's the format that I like. Thank you. Well you're a good mm. man,
0: Mike. And thank you so much for being so generous enough to give up your time. You're a wanted man in Melbourne. And I can't wait to see you at the next pub in Melbourne. You'll be surrounded by 30 <laughs> blokes again, as you always are. The great Mike Sheen. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Pleasure, boys. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Listener.